0: Hello, welcome to this episode 60 of the Northern Invasion podcast. You are joined this fine evening by myself, Stu West, by Mr. Scott Smith. Good good evening. (laughs) Uh, We can hear you. (laughs) Liam Watt.
1: Good evening.
0: And new to this well-oiled machine from across the water, we have Mr. Matt
2: Barker. How's everybody doing this fine afternoon? All the way on the yeah. California coast.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're aware it's warm. Is it warm? Yeah. So it's, it's warm.
2: uh. I'll, I'll try to do this in uh, Celsius, as uh, my uh, uh, American ass is used to measuring in Fahrenheit, uh, going for about a 20, 22 degrees Celsius right now. It's winter.
1: It's winter more
3: than here. So, yeah. It was four this morning when I was out.
2: In, in Southern California, there really is not a whole lot of a winter. It kind of dips down into the um you know and and to a chilly a chilly briskness but other than that it stays right around 70 degrees fahrenheit or 20 degrees celsius all year round wow we max out at
0: 14 in sunny orkney so (laughs) yeah (laughs) there you go well well thank you very much for joining us matt you have been welcomed into our well-oiled machine seeing how technology works um in in such a yeah a professional as ours 60 episodes you'd have thought we'd get a little bit better by now
2: no everything's great i'm so happy to be here and i'm really great to um be a part really happy to be a part of this great discussion we're gonna have
0: yeah so uh for for folks um so matt is a member of our discord channel um our discord server sorry it's a server these things uh where we do a bit of our hobby and we chat just about stuff it's not massively active but uh, that's where we know Matt from and I think that I don't know whether or not you listened to the podcast before you saw the YouTube or vice versa but how did you find out about us Matt?
2: Oh no I have uh, been a long time listener of the podcast I always enjoyed listening to you guys uh, um, you know years ago especially when my job involved driving large amounts of time of my day and so I Stumbled, started listening to AOS podcasts. I gravitated toward uh, the Northern Invasion because it is such a fine, well-oiled machine, and uh, you know, professional as all as all of them. And uh, no, I just, inv- I just really enjoyed you guys personalities. You talked a lot about a competitive play, which is something I gravitate towards, and um, you know, kind of discovered your YouTube channel and the battle reports there. I, I, I always just, just a great, entertaining channel all around, no matter what format you guys are in.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh unfortunately, you've only got me and Scott. Uh no no Liam's Liam knows his stuff. So I think uh Liam and Nathan are the more professional and uh competitive ones amongst us. Um but you know, we're we're learning. We're 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 getting a little bit better. Um, well, just
2: because I do involve myself in competitive play doesn't mean I'm actually good at this game. Don't don't let those two <laughs> uh uh you know uh, you get misconstrued. Yeah. <laughs> so so you were at the Las
0: Vegas open um the week before last I think it was tell us about that um most of the people who listen to the podcast are from the UK um we do have listeners from around the place um whereas the uh, the YouTube channel is primarily the states um so the people who are listening to this are going to be um yeah a lot of them won't have ever been to something as quite as a spectacle as LVO is so tell us a little bit about that what's it, what's it like
2: Oh, boy. It is a um, it is an animal all to its own. So the Las Vegas Open, obviously, is in Las Vegas. Um, this year, it was in the Rio. And so if you've never been to Las Vegas, um, in the middle of a hot, dry, desolate desert is this city of uh, debauchery and fun and just something that just shouldn't exist. A tower to man's arrogance over nature. Um, <laughs> Um, You can see it from a mile away if you're driving in. And if you're flying in, then especially at night, it just must be spectacular. So um, just lots of casinos, hotels, resorts, um, really known for its shows, um, epic restaurants, food. It really is just a town to go and and let loose and have some fun. Um, And uh, what better town to have a game based on dice rolling and odds and probability than in Vegas, right? So... um, it's uh, uh, sort of the crowning event of the uh, um, competitive ITC season. It's the last scored event of the season. And then the next day starts the whole competitive year off again. This year it was at the Rio uh, Hotel casino and convention center um again for people who are not familiar with vegas there's the main strip the las vegas strip which just has casinos hotels and resorts all up and down the rio's a little bit off the beaten path um you have to you have to work to get there a little bit in years past it was in Bally's hotel and casino which is right on the middle of the strip um great location but um, I'm not sure where it's going to be held in future years. The Rio is slated, I believe, for demolition and then redevelopment. Bally's is getting the World Series of Poker, and it's getting all rebranded. So I'll be really interested to see where Frontline Gaming uh, takes the um, uh, takes the Las Vegas Open. Of course, Frontline Gaming is the company that is a gaming company that they run the ITC and they also run various events across the U.S. So.
0: Yeah, they're seem a really cool bunch. I remember when. Uh we were first starting out with uh youtube uh, well before i even started on youtube when um uh, northern invasion the event which uh, is like a, our tournament that we run in scotland um well, one of the ones that we run uh, scott has a couple as well and, and liam does a couple up in aberdeen but um when i was trying to get stuff together to make it um a bit different and try and get mats and things in i got in touch with them at frontline games and um they actually offered me some mats um all the way over in scotland to to use on my top tables in a tournament so they were really cool guys um they were really nice we didn't take them in the end just because shipping was going to cost an absolute fortune but the offer was there from them so we always always appreciated that um so yeah they seem a good bunch um so what sort of other systems do they have there then because it's not just aos is it they have they have a lot and how many players do you get
2: Oh boy. Um so there are so many it really is sort of a tabletop gaming convention and less of a Warhammer specific thing they have star wars legion they have um flames of war they have uh Malifaux. they have um war machine um they have a kill team tournament warhammer forty thousand kill team and of course they have the 40k narrative they have the 40k friendly they have the 40k competitive um, they have age of sigmar uh, championships they have the age of sigmar narrative um events they have so many different um, games and, and systems there that you really have to have a map when you walk into the convention center to find out which hall you're in. It's it's really quite grand. Um, for the 40k um, event, I think they had like a thousand or 1100 players. Um, for, our, our AO, for our AOS uh, championship, they had just under 200. I mean, that's a that's a some number.
0: 200 uh, is a, a big event, isn't it? um I I did go to CanCon um a couple of years ago I think um the last one before the lockdown started and I think that was around about the 200 mark um maybe yeah and then also we went to Bobo a couple of years ago and that was just short of 200 so yeah it's it is a big spectacle when you get an event like that and it's it's very different now it's a six game event isn't it the LVO is that right or is it five
2: no, it's five. Um, it's a five five round event. Three games the first day, and two games the second day. I believe that CanCon that you're referencing is actually the biggest AOS event to date. Yeah, uh, this LVO was slated to surpass it, but we had a lot of drops covid concerns um but like um but it was it was it was a great event everybody was masked up and and playing safe and playing smart the tables were spaced out i mean they just had an absolute massive space um that they were able to space out the table so it was it was wonderful um and uh, i think there were 256 players but with the drops and everything it got it down to just shy of 200 there okay Oh,
0: it's still a great feat and I, i'm definitely gonna make it i'm definitely gonna get over it it's on my list of uh the tournaments i must go to so um whilst i'm uh not tied down to any kind of uh i don't know strict home environment it's the ideal <laughs> opportunity for me to go i think
2: oh wait you mean there was a warhammer tournament there it wasn't just blackjack and carrying on with your, <laughs> with, your, with your with your with your homies <laughs> yeah, exactly so, so how did you get on then? You were running the Nurgle, weren't you? Yeah, I I have been um, Nurgle is my 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 main my one true love in Age of Sigmar. Um, it's my favorite army by far. I have others. I played Carrion Overlords for a while. I have a Soulblight army. I have a Spider Fang, a, a labor of love for my Spider Fang army. But Nurgle is my main. Um, I've been been playing them before they even had a um their first battle tome, and I was excited to be able to take this uh, new battle tome out for a spin. Yeah, so we'll maybe come on to that
0: and what people's thoughts are, because Scott has also um, played Nurgle competitively in tournaments. And Did you ever play him, Liam? I know you used Legion of the First Prince that had some pretty heavy Nurgle influence. Did you ever actually go pure Nurgle?
3: Yeah, I played uh, the wind-up Archeon like, back in the day, when mm-hmm. you could get that, the old book where you'd have Archeon, a Lord, a Chaos Sorcerer, and you'd have all these... Um, a slanesh hero, Herald, who would all give you the abilities to pal and attack twice or buff your attacks and things like that, run and charge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was obviously back when you could be, like, minus five to hit, because that's obviously when (laughs) Hellstriders gave minus one bubble at six inches and things like that. There's just all this, like, stacking of negative to hits and things like that back in those days. Uh,
0: Ah, the dark And You also did six I nations played them, i played you? them at
3: six nations when just when aos 2 dropped when you could command point stack uh i played <laughs> i got up to 13 extra attacks on a unit of nine plague drones That was the <laughs> uh, blades of putrefaction yeah. too uh yeah you didn't even need it at that point but yeah quite often <laughs> if you were lucky you got blades off as well uh it's uh i, it was uh, a good, I missed that book i think that I think it was a great book, uh, the old one. Uh, obviously, we're we'll going to be moving on to like obviously looking at the new one, but uh, there is things I miss from the old one that the new one doesn't do.
0: Ah, we'll have a look at that in a few minutes. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the new book and what people's thoughts are on it so far. Uh, I think Scott's gone headphone hunting, so he he might not be able to. Oh, he's back. I'm,
1: what, I'm still you, here. You went,
0: I'm... I remember us going to an agom um, a few years ago and me playing against you and I had uh, the Mortax and and you had um, triple Great Unclean ones, is that right? Was it triple or was it just double? One.
1: No, I think it was it okay. was one or two. I only put triple once and that was at Common Ground.
0: But yeah, you you so you've run them as well. I remember your uh, your big lad uh, went in Neff's dagger, didn't he?
1: He certainly did.
0: <laughs> it was a glorious, glorious that was great, back when you could... Knives. Great times indeed. Uh, so, so what flavor? What what did you uh, take then? What what was it that you took along? Uh, what was your list, Matt?
2: So, still being um, you know the book only being out for about a month or so, maybe a little bit more. Um, I wasn't really sure. I kind of bounced around a lot of ideas in various WhatsApp groups and uh, um, you know in sort of list theory uh, list theory groups and my uh, my uh, club, the Left Coast Left Coast Corsairs. Excuse me. Um, I chose to bring a list. <laughs> Um, heavy on diversity, where it gave me a lot of options based on what my opponent's list was, what the mission was, um sort of really gave me a a palette of choices. So I took a um, I took a drowned men sub faction, and that allows, uh, Puscoil Blight Lords, and the Lord of Afflictions, a pregame move. And my list was the Glotkin, who is my absolute favorite War Scroll in the book by far. I took a Lord of Afflictions with the Overpowering Stench command trait, and his artifact was the Arcane Tome, making him a wizard, and then I gave him the Gift of Disease spell. And then I also took a personal favorite of mine, Gutrot's Spume. And he allows units, uh, up to three mortal Magakin of Nurgle units, to uh, come in off the board edge with him. And then so my other units were 20 Plague Bearers, 10 Plague Bearers, 5 Putrid Blight Kings, and then 2 Puscoil Blight Lords. So in essence, um, I could either choose to Deep Strike the Lord of Afflictions and the Puscoil Blight Lords, or I could choose to um, uh, come in off the board edge with any combination of the Glotkin um the blight kings the blight lords the lord of afflictions um or i could choose to put everything on the board uh so it was really uh wide open for me in terms of choices but that was my list okay and so uh, was there any mission in particularly or any armies in particularly you
0: were a bit concerned about
2: playing <laughs> well, if anybody was following along on the uh, on various Twitter channels, um, dragons and fulminators was the name of the game here at LVO 2022. I think something like um, 10 or 12 percent of the field was Stormcast, and then another solid, almost 10 percent of the field was uh, Cities of Sigmar that were basically just you fulminators and some dragons. So um, it was order. It was a day of order um, all all around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're uh they're, they're doing quite well. They're, they're over here as well. I I played against a, a Living City fulminator um list uh, at the last event I went to and I realized firsthand just just how effective that list is. Um so yeah, what did you play against then? What did you end up going against?
2: Man, I had an absolute slate of just top tier opponents, not only in terms of skill and list building, but just in personality and attitude, just an absolute, um, uh, joy to play against the, my five opponents. So my first game, um, was against a Zinch army, which is a great classic matchup, Nervil and Zinch. Um, and he was bringing Kairos, a Lord of Change, 30 Acolytes, Blue Scribes, kind of a, kind of an archetype list for, for Zinch these days with an older battle tome. Um, this was on First Blood, a great warm-up mission for a, a major event like the LVO, and unfortunately for my opponents, I was averaging like 50 or 60% for my ward saves, uh, because Nurgle, of course, has a 5-0 board save across the board, and he was spitting out all kinds of mortal wounds, and I was just blocking them left and right. Like I said, half of, half or two-thirds of my, my saves were going through, so um, it, was, it was tough. Oh, and he had Bellacor in that list, too, so it was uh it was quite a it was quite a challenge to get the glot to move up the board um, at one point he shut the glot down with bellacor and i was going in for a charge i had a free charge on kairos with the Glotkin, but he changed my dice roll to a 2 so i couldn't make <laughs> it so um, i was still able to win the day on objectives but uh, um, a great opponent uh, my first my first game was That's um, good. my next yeah, do you want me to just run through them all, or do you? Yeah, want yeah, go for it. No, that'd be good. Yeah, I will kind of do just a quick synopsis of each one. So my second game yeah, was go. against a great a great guy named Bill Curry. Uh, he was running Fire Slayers, uh, which is um, something you don't see too much about every uh, these days. And um, man, what a list! He had 40 Hearthguard Berserkers, four units of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers, another 20 uh, of the Volkites. He had uh, the one I, I can't all the Fire Slayer names kind of run together, but he had the one hero that allows a unit to tunnel, and then he had um, the other Fire Slayer with uh, a, a big giant axe. He was just waving around, and then he had two other of the uh, the banner the banner characters. He just he just lined up in a line, and man, I was thinking to myself, how am I gonna beat this army? This is crazy. Um, I ended up, what I ended up doing was putting everything on the board pregame, moving with the blight lords. My thought was, I can't beat forty hearthguard berserkers just coming at me. So what I'll try to do is I'll try to pick a unit or two off and get them into little skirmishes. So I had uh the Blight Kings outflanking. They made their 9-inch charge at the top of one, so I was able to tie up one unit. I was able to tie up another unit with the Blight Lords, um and it was kind of a grindy game. I think unfortunately for him, we ran out of time um, by the time we finished three rounds because it was looking pretty grim for me at the end. He had a a free charge on my Glotkin with ten Hearthguard Berserkers. Proceeded to roll twenty dice, two attacks each, and every six is two mortal wounds. He proceeded to roll ten sixes and had twenty mortal wounds on the Glotkin and just rem- removed him from the board. Um, it was it was stunning. And a judge came around and said, hey guys, you know your time was up a couple minutes ago and uh fortunately for me i kind of snuck one away from him there because uh, i I had gone up early on objectives it was um the mission where you can only score if you've held it for two turns in a row i think it's uh power struggle i think it's called and so i I had jumped out ahead uh early and got a a lead and he was trying to make it back and i think he might have pulled it off had we had more time but three hour rounds for lvo is quite generous he just had a lot of models to move around um and then so uh, to top off day one, I ran into 11 Stormcast Dragons. You heard Ooh. that right. The uh, the leader, the, I think it's the Night Draconis on, on the Storm Drake, and then he had a pack of uh, four dragons, two dragons, two dragons, two dragons man i uh, i was like well you know what two and one is not bad for uh uh, uh the start i was playing a, a local friend of mine uh, in the socal area his name is evan just an absolute class personality um really really great guy to play against had a lot of fun probably one of the most strategically intense games of warhammer that i've ever um had the had the joy of playing um and this was on the vice eleven dragons on the vice a tall order um, I kind of ha- I, I really do I don't think I'm the greatest tactician at this game but I, I think I had a really good strategy going in which was I noticed early on that the uh, objectives when they move their first movement are pretty close to the board edge um, and so if I um, Came on with gut rot's fume from the board edge. I would be able to take those objectives. So the only thing I started on the board with were 20 plague bears in one corner and 10 plague bears in the other corner. I think my first turn lasted about uh, five seconds. <laughs> There's no hero phase, no movement phase, no shooting phase, no charge phase, no combats. I score my two battle tactics and then give him the turn. But. I wasn't going to let him get a double turn with my whole army on the board and just remove whatever he wanted. So that was my thinking. Um, he did the same thing. Very short turn one. I run the. I won the priority roll, which was uh, very blessed for me because um, when the objectives move, I brought the Glotkin and the Blight Kings and Spume on one side, took that objective from him. And then I deep struck the Lord of Afflictions and the two Pusco of Blight Lords in his other corner, made both of those nine inch charges And then I was able to take that objective for him, too. So I was essentially trying to split his army into four corners. Um, And, you know, long story short, I took a lot of damage. Um, I had a crucial seven-point turn where I um, chose bring it down for my battle tactic, killed the dragon for that extra monster point. I did it with the glotkin for the extra point, and I had... um, uh, all four objectives so i had scored one two more and uh, uh that was that one turn won me the game he he kind of ran out of battle tactics by the end there was a couple of battle tactics he just could not do i think that was one of his um one of his uh, uh, problems trying to catch up on points at the end but uh man i can't believe i actually won that game i ended up forcing um all of my units onto that center objective so i i loaded it up with 20 plague bearers a couple of blight kings the glotkin three drones gut rot spume a blight i literally had my whole army just waiting to take that charge from all those all those dragons i weathered it um and you know we we called it and i I was able to go three and oh on the day one i think i was the only chaos army to go three and oh across the whole event wow
0: that is uh yeah that's some uh some result so so when you uh you run out of time there then is it dice down and you just take it or do people talk through what could happen because um, that's always it, it varies from event to event over here we don't have any standardized way of doing it
2: yeah that's the same thing over in the states and and lvo was no was no exception um in my second game it was it was really hard to kind of figure out what yeah. who was going to who was going to be able to to um control objectives with complicated and 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 really techy combats and pylons and whatnot um yeah. and so we we decided that we could realistically score our battle ta- our battle tactics but the um the objective game was too wide open to call so we just relied on the current score um yeah but with that game in the, in the, the dragons we went we finished five turns you know it was oh, it was very very rare yeah i mean one thing with nurgle is that it is such a it's so strong in the late game that as a Nurgle player, you really have to focus on efficient play at the beginning of the game in order to get to those late game stages where you're, where you let the disease mechanic do its work over the course of 10 rolls, 10, 10 battleshock phases. And, uh, um, you know, rely on that late game strength of the army. And if you don't make it to those late games, um, you can, you can, you can end up losing the ones maybe you should have if you had a more efficient play. So that's what I've been practicing over the last couple of years years
0: okay so after day one then uh did you did you go and uh, experience some of the the cultural offerings of, of las vegas or did you have a nice <laughs> early night and and get up bright and breezy the next morning
2: Oh, man, I wish I could have told you guys that I drank a lot of water, um, relaxed, took a nice warm bath, and then went to bed really early, but that's just not the nature of that town, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I certainly, if I was if I was one and two rather than three and oh, I probably would have gone and tied one off a little bit more than I did, but no, I went out with some friends. We, uh, we did the high roller, which is really fun. It's like this giant um, Ferris wheel. And each, instead of sitting outside in a little thing like a little pod, it's an enclosed, capsulated room with a bar in each one, and oh, wow. uh, and it fits like 25 people. Like these are very, these are very large little pods, and so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I did that with my group, the Left Coast Corsairs, um, and my wife and some friends that joined us from the East Coast, so. Um, no, we had some drinks, we played some blackjack, money was lost, money was won. Um, but you know, certainly didn't make it too late of a night because I definitely wanted to be able to function for day two. <laughs> good stuff.
0: So what did you have on day two then?
2: Oh boy, more fun. Uh, more, uh, so my, uh, my fifth game was against a, a great opponent a great opponent and I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name. I, I believe his name is Mergonk. and uh he uh I actually met him at the last LVO and he was playing Stormcast and this this was no uh this was no deviation from that. He was playing a long strike, six long strikes though with nine annihilators yeah man that was that was a list that i was you know the dragons i was shocked i could win just because they're so powerful and they can do whatever they want whenever they want virtually resource free which i have some issues with but it's it's not necessarily an unbeatable list it just has a lot of punch that the long strikes though they have the glorious advantage of just nearly table wide range and then the annihilators coming down wherever they want doing mortal wounds It's it was a hard counter. Now, the, the mistake I made was uh, letting the Griffhounds, uh, re- so the Griffhounds allow any sort of unit that sets up to get for uh, their, kind of, their, their sentries, right? So they let the long strike right. shoot at them. I think I was blinded by my success of my strategy of starting off the board last game, get to me here, because I made the mistake of starting the Glot, the Blight Kings, and Gutrot's Fume off the board in um, in ambush, outflank. Um, you know, to come off the board edge. Um, and uh, I let that get the better of me, and I, I did that. And so essentially, what he was able to do, and this was, and I and I'm uh I'm blanking on the mission, but it, oh, it was um uh, tectonic interference. So uh, old school uh, shifting objectives where um, one is worth more than the other two. Um, yeah. And so um, he essentially was able to shoot at half of my army, and then when I brought my other half of my army on. He shot that as well um he was rolling really poorly for his charges um which kind of gave me some hope but <laughs> but he was effectively able to focus down my plague bearers tie up my blight lords with more wounds on the objective um on the objectives with his annihilators um and then when i brought on my other half of the army he just shot that too it was a tactical blunder at my part but i'm not trying to take away from his uh brilliant uh strategery. um he had a his army was just perfectly deployed he set up in the corner with a castle, so I couldn't—he he couldn't deep strike over there. And if I chose to, uh, you know, walk on, he was just going to shoot me. I couldn't get close. I should have—what I should have done was just bullied up the board. So, for your audience that might not be aware—and I know we're going to get into the new Nerva later—but uh, the Glotkin, the reason why I think he is such a powerful war scroll is his command ability called the Blight Krieg, which is just a great name too. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it allows you to make a charge move in the enemy movement phase if there is an enemy unit within 12 inches of the glot and also another nurgle unit and the two nurgle units are within wholly within 18 inches of each other so you can effectively put the glot up the middle of the board don't have to worry about charging because if anybody comes within 12 inches of them you can get a charge off and so it really does kind of zone out obje- so you can put them on an objective at the core at the end of one objective and if anybody moves on to the objective or close to it you can charge them preventing them from actually attempting to capture it you can stop people from getting battle tactics it's 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 quite uh, remarkable of an ability so um i sh- that's what i should have done in that game put them on the board relied heavily on my five upward saves hopefully some good dice rolling and just bullied my way up to him um but now he outplayed me and it was great he ended up going to the top eight um and doing quite well so oh, good stuff because the top eight do you get a little bit of extra
0: is is it the there is an extra game for the ones that are like right up there do they do they battle it out the ones who are on five and oh
2: yeah, I totally should have um I totally should have mentioned this begin to begin with. So after the five rounds are over, not necessarily who's 5 and 0 because I don't think there were eight 5 and 0 lists or maybe the but it's that it's uh, the top the top 8 um go on to play a single elimination um event the day the next day on Sunday. Um okay. and so you so you have four games going on and then two and then one um and then who's crowned the winner. So um yeah, so he ended up making the cut, which was great for him. He went five and zero. Oh. So my last game was against an interesting glot mirror match. Glotkin versus Glotkin. I joke with my opponent, it's like that Spider Man meme where they're both pointing at each other yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> looking at each other from across the field. He had the Glotkin, ten Blight Kings, five Blight Kings, five Blight Kings, and then Blow Ab rots bond Um so quite a straightforward list, but Quite effective. I was nervous. I mean, I kind of got a taste of my own medicine here because I'm like, damn, I don't want to get within 12 inches of this guy, or he's gonna get a charge off on me with the Gladkin and 10 Blade kings It was, um, it was quite scary, and I kind of saw what my opponents were going through. I guess maybe with the previous four games, but um, um it, James West, a uh, player out of the Houston, Texas region, um, which is quickly becoming a hotbed for competitive Age of Sigmar in the states. Um, and uh, yeah, what a tactician. man, this guy was very purposeful with his moves. Um, it seemed like he had a clear vision and a plan and executed it perfectly. I tried to, um, I tried to uh, do a, a little sneaky play where I pre-game moved the Lord of afflictions and the blight Lords onto the, it was a um, I'm blanking on this mission too. I'm sorry, I should have came a little bit better prepared. It was three objectives in a diagonal, but it oh, wasn't, okay, yeah. but it wasn't um, it wasn't first blood um and I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the name
0: um it the um, one where you get the command point for uh, the strategic for for identifying a uh, an extra command point for picking one of them that's that's Maybe. first blood
2: that was the first oh, it's, that first we, blood. Yeah. oh right yeah. okay and I, I I'm blanking on the name but there are three objectives in a diagonal down the middle um and so uh um yeah and i i tried a sneaky play where i moved them on because i knew he was going to try to move five blight kings on to that objective just based on how he was deployed um knowing that he uh, counted as six models on the objective because the leader and the flight unit has five wounds so counts as two so a oh, unit okay. of five blackings counts as, as six models i move my six models on you, you, you find out who owns objectives at the end of deployment so when he moved his six on he wouldn't have been able to take it um so he i, I kind of forced him to go after the other two um but he uh, uh, he was effectively able to maneuver i failed a five inch charge with okay. the glotkin <laughs> to prevent his 10 Blight Kings who were given the spell from the Glotkin to give them all plus one to their wound characteristics. So those 10 counted as 20 on the objective. Uh-huh. And I tried to charge them because he was kind of in a, in a, in a, uh, a two by five conga line almost. So I could have uh, charged the corner and then not really allowed a lot, the full weight of those Blight Kings to, to pile into him and prevented him from charging onto the objective. And that would have really turned the tide of the battle. But I, I failed the five-inch charge with the with the with the uh, glotkin, and um, I hate going into a game with the glotkin without a reroll charge triumph because you can't use at the double in the movement phase. And so okay. having that tri- having that reroll charges um, triumph is very helpful. But you know that's the way the game goes. He, he got the better of me, went on to a four and one victory with Nurgle. Um, and uh, I ended the tournament three and two. A little bit disappointing for me, but. Um, uh, but it it was it was great because I um, was able to fend off some very stiff competition for the totality of the ITC year, and I was able to uh, repeat as the top ranked Nurgle player in the ITC. Wow!
0: So so that's done at the end of the year, then, is it? Where you are? Uh, you basically the look at the um the rankings and the people who've got the most points from each faction um gets the little awards and things then.
2: Yeah. So not only do you get um, awards for who won the LVO, but the uh, AOS championship marks the end of the ITC season. So yeah, they they okay. add in your points from the LVO, the AOS championships. They uh, um, and it's essentially a rankings ladder. Not only is there an overall rankings ladder, and it's your top five best scored events give you an overall score, but then you also get your top four for a particular faction, allow you to get best in faction awards. And I know we'll talk about the ITC uh, a little bit later on, but you know, I was happy to, even though I kind of had a disappointing finish in the uh, the uh, this event going three and two, I was really happy to walk away with a, a, a trophy sorry about that hey. oh, really you know uh you know uh, the well-oiled machine like we talked about right yeah
0: no <laughs> so no that's great yeah well done so congratulations on uh on the the best nurgle then over the course of the year that's a that's a good achievement straddling two books as well
2: yeah absolutely um absolutely yeah it was uh it was weird because there was no faq um in order to uh, there was no FAQ to uh, uh, up until about a week before the event. And uh, we had to decide whether we were going to make some rulings based on, um, uh, you know, some of the questions that were kind of hovering over that Nurgle book. Like, you know, the feculent naromas and summoning and, you know, a couple yeah. other various issues. So, But they came out with the FAQ, so all is well. Did you
0: summon anything over the weekend?
2: Jeez, I am so sorry. One moment. <laughs> oh there we go yeah so sorry yeah there you go you know i'm it's out, all right <laughs> in the middle of my in the middle of my work day and you know the, the i work know it's, it's, easy,
0: it's so. that's it everybody's just relaxing here with a beer yeah your your fourth guy actually uh on your lunch break so no
2: it's it's great well hey listen you can't it's hard to uh find a time for both uh both you know groups to get together when they're nine <laughs> hours apart you know
1: is uh, that your yeah. opponents calling you there is it <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're calling me. They're like, hey, hey, wait a minute. That's not I fair. Would. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I- I'm sorry, Stu. What was your question? I
0: was just asking, did you summon anything? And if you did, oh. I mean, did you take a summoning pool? What What did you think? Because how have you found it? Well, we'll start looking into the Nurgle now, but uh, summoning, I suppose, is a good enough place as any to start. So for those that don't know, the Contagion Points mechanics been tweaked somewhat um but you're scoring contagion points every every turn like you used to in your hero phase um based upon where troops are how many now you've got um sometimes i think that it can be affected by different options you take the bell i think gives you things if you have extra trees you get extra things um and then you spend those you can spend you can summon one thing um in your movement phase each turn so what did you opt to take and did you summon anything
2: Oh, of course, yeah. Summoning is uh, definitely a viable strategy. Uh, there are some builds in the book that can allow you to just lean heavy into summoning. I kind of use it as sort of an auxiliary. It's a nice-to-have sort of situation. Most of the time, I was summoning more bodies, more plague bearers. Um, I think it w- I, a couple of times I summoned in Sloppity Biopiper because he's just got just such an incredible yeah. ability to shut down a pile-in from um, enemy units within 14 inches of Nurgle Demon units, so... Um, that's that's usually the first thing that you'll summon as a Nurgle player because it's also so cheap. I mean, seven summoning points to summon a Sloppity Bob Piper is incredibly efficient um, use, of, uh, uh, use of some of your other units. I think I had a couple of beasts ready to go. I don't actually think I brought them in one game uh, against the Stormcast Dragons. I just didn't need or use my summoning points, and I was racking them up. So I actually brought in three Plague Drones, which was great because um i figured i might want something with a little bit more mobility there was a couple of really large and passable terrain features so i thought um using uh the plague drones and to that advantage would really help um and then also since they have such high armor i was going to rely on charging them in and doing disease points because the plague drones just pump out the disease numbers um so that was what i was thinking there um but, yeah, summoning is not generally part of my overall strategy. It's just something that's it's just extra. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I suppose the other thing there that you touched on earlier was the disease. Disease is a new thing where, um, basically, you get disease points if you're within three inches of a, a, a unit. I think it is at the beginning of the Battlestrop phase. Um, and also for each natural six that's rolled with attacks against you from Nurgle units I think you'd take another one is that right?
2: Yeah that's that's exactly right and there are other there are so many other ways in this book to give disease whether it's you know from bouncing back from uh, bounce back uh, saves from the uh, uh the great and clean one or command traits or artifacts there really is just an, uh, su- the the munificent wanderer subfaction gives 2 disease points for being near plague bears at the end of the movement in the combat phase so just they re- I'm really glad that they kind of didn't just throw it in there as a battle trait and just kind of leave it hanging they really did support it with a number of different rules and abilities and you know, on paper, yeah. it might not sound like it was that um, powerful or influential, um, and I think that was kind of the consensus when they teased the rule leading up to the Battletome review. But I had, I had, I was optimistic, and on 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 the tabletop during the game, it really has this really interesting way of inserting itself into the results of the game you know maybe you're you don't have an objective and you you know you only lost it by one or two models but then here comes the disease roll and oh hey guess what i have that objective or um yeah. you know or, or, or it just um oh you didn't get that battle tactic for this re- or it's just it's just really strange how kind of uh it, it seems to affect the game and also battle shock tests it happens at the start of the battle shock phase so you lose more models and then you fail a battle shock it's it's just it really is a great mechanic and um I've decided that uh, it's it's really strong, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I've I found it to be good. I've only played it a couple of times, but it's capped at seven points, and you roll the dice for each point on the unit, and on a four-up, um, you take a mortal, unless you've taken a, a demonic boon, I think it is, where it, it happens on a three-up, or unless it's... Is there also one of the wheel things that makes... That affects disease i can't quite remember you're but, um... you're
2: right you're right both ways so the wither staff okay. is an article for demon uh for um demon heroes and that is a seven inch range it adds one to the disease roll so it makes the disease go off on a three up and then one stage of the cycle is plus one to disease roll so you could potentially be doing um rolling seven dice and every two ups a mortal wound uh to to multiple units so and if you combine that with munificent wanderers you know (laughs) you can really do a lot of damage um just from passively standing next to nerval units
0: Yes, yeah, so the grinding, but they're also doing that chip damage as well, I suppose, which is, is quite nice. What did you think, Liam? Because you've you've probably one of our out of the three of us um on this side of the water, you're a our more competitive uh Nurgle player, I suppose. What were your first thoughts? I don't think you've played it in a tournament setting yet, but you'll have read it.
2: Um,
3: yeah, I've not played the new book, but on paper it's more resilient than it was before but it, to me it doesn't it's not a playstyle i like like i like i like it being like a hammer unit where you'd be able to take a hit but you also then could dish it back out but like how they've altered like plate bearers and things they now don't uh have that punch they have access to buffs but a lot of the buffs mean that you're not doing disease points i also think disease points tracking is not a smart idea further down the line uh just due to calculating and keeping it on the table like if the nurgle lists that i look at and things like that has like six to seven single beasts of nurgle plus like a block of plague bearers a couple of heroes and things like that but if your opponent also has an army that is just a plus, like 11 dragons that's still six units could be more it matters how they want to build that list if they want to stay a one drop if they don't that's a lot of units that could also be dragging a d6 plus one alongside them, which to me is just a lot of tracking. Uh, and it's a wheel, we've talked about it before. I don't like how you can't control the wheel. That's a big. Oh,
0: yeah. That was you a big would thing You'd like to me. spell to be able to. Uh, a spell the, or, 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 or a, a commander. Command
3: just, or one of the uh, covens, what you call them. That to even play the wheel backwards, sort of thing, is like an idea that this grand clean well, one instead of wanting to go forward with change, he wants to reverse the cycle, sort of thing, so he can then play it backwards, which would be again a cool thing because, like you say, you can just get. I think with that, if you're coming to like brass tacks of like S tier play or high level play, you could be just put on the back foot by rolling the wrong result, turn one, and where that wheel starts, which feels really uh. Uncomfortable. it is i i lower wise it makes sense i don't know if you have the same Matthew, did you have any games where that happened to you where you're like damn i'm on the like a four turn one and i don't want to be on a four i'd like that to be like your turn two or three sort of result uh if that makes sense
2: no, absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head. That, that was very disappointing for me, having a lot of control in the previous book with um, how the the cycle of corruption uh, operated. Mm-hmm. There is a single command trait uh, that allows you to, once per game, move it, but the command trait for the mortals, for overpowering stench to shut down command abilities within seven inches, it's so, just, yeah, it's it's so it's, powerful yeah. that, the, for me, honestly, the Lord of Afflictions is almost nearly auto-include. Yeah. um for, good. Om- for any build it's just yeah. so good and yeah. so um you're almost never taking that one command trait it is frustrating especially because it's so funny you use the example of rolling a four at the start i think rolling a four is the absolute best scenario for when you're starting out because mm-hmm. uh i believe that's this uh, that's the stage in the cycle where the opposing unit can't uh, uh general can't use heroic actions and they also can't use inspiring presence is it that one sorry is it, it's
3: five is it? they can pile in
2: five you can't pile in so you yeah. like that right at turn two you you'd know, like you that get, turn
3: two but like you say if you uh I, if the you, number got me wrong but yeah if you start on five you're like damn oh shit that's yeah not exactly. yeah like unless you're a person dragons that are going to charge you turn one it might be okay but most armies
2: yeah uh, or if you roll or if you roll the stage in the cycle that gives you two di- uh you know plus one to your disease rolls turn one you're like mm, yeah crap <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, at this point the cycle is kind of like, oh yeah, that happens, and it sometimes it just sinks up so perfectly. I just played a game against um, Jeremy Vessier, who's a captain of Team America. He's a, mm-hmm. he's uh, in my gaming group, the Left Coast Corsairs. So um, awesome group of guys, and Jeremy's probably one of the best Age of Sigmar players that I know of, certainly uh, in the world. He's captain of Team America, and it just so happened that I rolled the perfect cycle against his uh, Soulblade Grave Lord's army, and yeah. turn two. His his whole army couldn't pile in. And so yeah. I charge him at the corner. He can't do anything about it but attack me with one grave guard. And it just so happened to be the absolute perfect role for that one game. But any other, another game, it could be the worst role. So it is a little bit disappointing, the lack of mm-hmm. control. You have. I agree with you, Liam. I'd
3: say, like, even almost like a heroic action. Like, a Nurgle's heroic action once per game, kind of like how you've got Finest Day or whatever it's called. Heroic action, your, germ, like your general on a 4-plus can... Push the wheel forward or push the wheel back would be like amazing. A, a double turn of not being able to be piled into could, I do understand that could be very strong, but maybe that it's that you add D3, or again, maybe not perfect control, but being able to maybe push it forward so you miss those numbers. Same idea that like you say the four award save on the heroes, turn one, unless you're getting shooting, that's not doing anything, really. You and can protect yourself,
2: but it was strange uh, because against my first game against Zinch, that was the stage I rolled. So all my yeah. heroes. So my two heroes that were on the board against mortal wound shooting from Zinch yeah. came in so clutch because they all had a four aboard. But mm-hmm. most of the time that's pretty bad to start off with turn one so I, I agree with you some other form of control a unique heroic action that is a really cool idea i hope they end up doing that i hope it doesn't get too crazy but what a cool I, idea i don't understand how they've not went with heroic
3: actions that's actually another thing that annoys me that book is the battle trait system for them like it feels so clunky like it's the one with the tree where a unit has to be near a tree and then the end of the turn it has to not be near the tree yeah, is yeah. quite difficult when you've got an army that, like we, like I said, is, except from a few units, doesn't actually do damage, because plague bearers don't do damage anymore, which for long enough last book was well, you had 50-plus, or plague you bearers,
2: had 35-like yeah, plague, plague kings. Be, plague bearers now have a completely different role, and their role is very clearly defined. Mm. They are a tar pit, and they do some chip damage through disease, um, but other than that, you're, the gone are the days where you load them up with, you know, mortals on sixes, maybe even Blades of Putrefaction, and you send them with plus four attacks apiece and then destroy a stone horn. right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, gone are those days. Uh, uh, their their role is very clearly defined now, and it's, uh, now they have two wounds apiece, so they're very, and sometimes three, with uh, Fleshy Abundance being a, a spell available to demons, so. Mm-hmm. what What's your thoughts, then, on Beast and Nurgle? That seems to be the,
3: it's either folk like them or they don't like them, is the uh the current i see sort of thing like some folk are talking about having like six or seven singles which is amazing board control but does do it i've
2: seen I, i've seen lists with 12 beasts and nurgle floating around uh various uh um you know uh, whether it's discords or whatsapp groups mm. um i i like be of nurgle i like that um they were their force crawl was so bad for so long and they finally have a powerful use as sort of well even as their special uh the name of their special rule implies it, as a pestilent battering ram where mm-hmm. they're doing impact hits d3 yeah. mortals on a two up and then they can retreat and charge back in um yeah. so it's really cool I, I i like them um i see people using six seven sometimes 12 of them with horticulus and the bafouling host uh yeah, maximize summoning the, yeah
3: but bl- like you say summoning i a unit each turn like, I think the summon is now better than it was in if you're building towards it. But I think if you're building towards it not being your mainstay, it can be very hard to summon if you, like, can't get all your deployments on. Like, if you don't take uh, the stuff that can deep strike and things like that, or you don't have – if you just get locked in combat, turn two in, at mid-table, you don't have the way of getting out anymore like you mm-hmm. did before of having – big models and things like that that could, like Battlecore, for example, would be your model that would just go run off uh, or Lord of Afflictions and things like that, that would just go run off and do your dirty work for you.
2: Yeah, you're going to want to have,
0: go ahead, go ahead Stu. Oh no, I was just saying, would you have like just a, a little throwaway unit of Nurglings that just pops on on the opposite side of the board just to, just to get those sneaky three points?
2: Nerglings are worth their weight in gold. I mean, what a what an absolute great! Now that they have disgustingly resilient, they pop yeah. up on the other side of the board. They start ramping up summoning, um, or if you if you're like, oh crap, here comes some fulminators. I better just pop them up, you know, on the side of my flank that's exposed, and now they're charging. I mean, they're I mean, there's just for a hundred and five points that unit is is so valuable as a sort of a utility piece so you got to have some nurglings a lord of afflictions to deep strike gut rot spume to come off the, something to get into their territory if you want summoning to yeah. to, to to pop off uh, for me it's something that's just nice to have i might summon 10 plague bearers maybe i summon a unit of drones or a beast here and there but you know it's not something that i i typically build around but you know, uh, beasts, uh, beast-heavy list, charging into the corner of a unit, doing mortal wounds, not letting you pile in from sloppity, and then retreating, flying over models when they do, and then hitting something else, just causing chaos. It's, it's a great list. It's, uh, I think it's won a, an event or two um, so far. Um, certainly, uh, um, yeah, I've seen people chatting about it, having success with it. Uh, what I think is so interesting about the Beast of Nurgle is that if you look at one beast and you compare it to a single puscoil Blightlord, the comparisons mm-hmm. are so interesting because they're both 110 points. They both fly at different points in their movement. Beasts can fly mm-hmm. when they retreat. Puscoils yeah. can obviously fly normally. They're both eight wounds. The Puscoils have one extra armor save, um, but the beast can ret- run in charge or retreat in charge. So there's just a lot of different comparisons between, you know, what's more of your flavor. Now, of course, the uh, Puscoils can deep strike, um, but the beast can run in charge. Like I said, there's these weird little yes, but this, but that they do this, but they do this. So it's really just about how you want to play with that sort of hammer unit.
3: Or how big your wall is.
2: <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, the Beast and Nurgle are, are quite expensive at uh, 45 US dollars for a single model. Uh, yeah. um, 35 here
3: for one, which is crazy, really, when you think about it. If cost yeah. of-
2: unit i I, i've been using the old i have a couple of the really old great unclean one sculpts not only from the first uh you know maybe uh uh, really really old the metal one that kind of looks like et the extraterrestrial but also the uh the 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 smaller um fine cast version i have a couple of those that i popped on 60 millimeters and i've been using those as beasts
0: yeah Uh, yeah, i use the gelapox models from the 40k Kill, mm. Were they a kill team yeah. Were they something? Uh, no, it was yeah. Black Fortress. Black Fortress, oh, oh, yeah, right. that's, yeah, it. that's, that's it. a good,
2: good shouts dude. That's a good one. Yeah, that's what I kill use kill for me. my beasts.
0: I've were just
2: been sending
3: Scott team? some of my uh, alternative sculpts for them. Uh, there's a, a good, a lot of them on Etsy and things like that. For a... I see, a,
2: I see a lot of people using the old plague toads um, as beasts yeah. and ergo. there's so there's really anything you can do. I mean, I really do like the sort of the slug or um, uh, aesthetic because they're. they're the lore be- behind them is so great. So, you know, they're just like puppy dogs. They run up to mm. something and they just want to play with you. And then when they inevitably kill their plaything, they get sad and cocoon themselves in this uh, sadness cocoon and then emerge as a rot fly. So it is it is really kind of cool. And it plays into that uh, metamorphosis, you know, predictable cycle, life cycle sort of thing that Nurgle is famous for. So
3: I, I just yeah. wish the kit came with more options. That's my only downside because i think it only gives you the ability to make like is it like like the faces there's only like two free faces the bell uh, is else. a little
2: different yeah they're pretty it's yeah. pretty limited it's not the greatest kit in the world it's hard to disagree with you there liam
3: because uh, yeah. i like the old one i like the old metal well like that's when i started playing that uh that box came out that chaos demons box set came out that was uh one of the first things i got for uh fantasy at the time was that box and it was like the brand new soul grinder blood letters daemonettes and things and then you got like the metal beast of Nurgle and the metal fiend of slanesh uh was not a good first uh, model to glue either
2: uh, <laughs> no not at all need the green stuff
1: so no back so, then like, i
3: just uh, back then when i was younger i just tried to use plastic glue and i didn't know why it wasn't uh wasn't working. <laughs> yeah
0: I used to just put more and more super glue on and yeah, so that it was YouTube like film, yeah. so thick and it all just you don't realize that less is more when you're younger and you just think yeah I have to put more and more on and then you just end up with yeah a mess that doesn't stay together so Scott when you saw the new book sorry to jump across um did you not get tempted to pull out the old thricefold
1: uh definitely believe it or not I've not actually opened and read the, the new book yet. It's still sitting on my shelf. <laughs> that's, how, that's how dedicated Nergal player I am these days.
3: But... You'll wait until someone net lists it and then Scott jumps on. That's um... all.
1: <laughs> it's until I play against it, and that's when I uh, get turned on by things. That's, that's my uh, that's my general rule of thumb. But um, no, I'm, I'm getting to. It. I mean, it's still I've got it all still sitting. It's, it's AoS one when I last played it. That's you know, it's, what was that the start of the, the the old book? So what three years ago now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm keen to get back on it, but i have to read the book and listen to you guys has helped uh, sort of, you know, grease the wheels a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm way behind. I'm way, way behind the curve just now.
0: Yeah, so here we go. Is a is a, a, a an efficient segue. So um, Scott was the the brain, and the sup- I suppose he he conceived Scotland's um, ranking system um he set it up and he also um ran our first couple of masters um and you know we had uh the people who qualified over over the the year um just reflecting on what you said earlier about the ITC um you get points per game uh, per per event and then the top 16 i think it was it might have been the top 8 the, oh no it's top 16 wasn't it 16 yeah first year 16 um, yeah got invited to our Masters, which was the standalone event that you, you play to uh, to try and become the, the best in the north, basically. Um, so all of our um, one-day and two-day tournaments in Scotland, and also um, in the north of England for a while, um, the far north of England, I suppose people in Manchester and Leeds might be a little bit put out by saying all events in the north, but... Um, like Newcastle, Sunderland, Kendal, um, so Northumberland and the top counters, uh, plus Scotland. Um, you did that for a couple of years, and then I suppose um, our other co-host, JP, who does Lispot, um, th- it kind of migrated across there in the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, well, the UK rankings was hosted by Bad Dice for years, and I think that's still going. Still going, um, yeah it's still going and then there's also the honest War Gamer rankings that um i think that you can look at nowadays I've, I've not managed to look at it just yet um but the itc this is this is there was an announcement that um actually matt pointed out to me that i hadn't even picked up on from the Warhammer community site saying that they were going to be leaning into the itc so can you tell us a little bit more about that then matt how does that work over there for you guys
2: yeah, so um, the ITC, which used to stand for the Independent Tournament Circuit, which now they're no longer independent with their partnership with GW, so uh, quite uh, seamlessly transitioned to the International Tournament Circuit, um, is a volunteer effort from Frontline Gaming, which is a company that sells GW products and runs various large events here in the U.S. Um, and it really was just a way to sort of codify the... Um, And give resources to tournament organizers to make their events just run more smoothly and just encourage people to participate in events. Because as we all know, as tournament goers, you know, I guess maybe tournaments have this sort of um, preconceived notion about them that you show up and you're just going to get if you're not bringing some hardcore top tier list, you're just going to get absolutely smashed off the board, laughed at, you know, in some sort of public humiliation um, ritual and, and that's it but it couldn't be further from the truth when you show up and you just celebrate the hobby with your friends and your community, um, play great games of Age of Sigmar, whether it's uh, three rounds or five rounds and uh, um and and just have a good time and sure there is obviously a competitive aspect to any tournament um but i've never encountered uh, a negative play experience just because somebody was being a complete jerk at an event um but it nevertheless started out as an effort to sort of give tournament organizers tos um a, a resource for not only for player conduct. Um, There are various offenses you can come across which can issue you a yellow card, and I think it's two, maybe three yellow cards, and you get a red card which means you would be disqualified from the event and asked to leave um, if you're not living up to the standards of of a you know a, a an event where you just have to behave yourself in a normal fashion. It's nothing rigorous or there's nothing uh, over the top there. Um, and but it also gives the greater community at large, if somebody is repeatedly being a problem, to temporarily or permanently ban them from events. Um, if you know maybe they're found to be cheating or constantly bringing illegal lists or constantly getting into confrontations with other players. I don't think that's really ever happened. There's probably been a few disco. Uh, Disqualifications, there's probably been some level of enforcement of that, but it's just great to have something on the books to give tournament organizers some enforcement mechanism to keep things uh, running smoothly. But then, along with that, they introduced a couple years ago these best in faction awards. Um, sort of, they always have this overall rankings ladder, which is always fun. For me, it's never about trying to best or, or get ahead of the people. That you're playing with. For me, it's always been about challenging myself to be a better player. Well, I came in, you know, 40th last year. Can I break into the top 20? Can I break into the top 10? So I'm going to up my game. I'm going to learn how to play efficiently. I'm going to, you know, uh, practice more, go to smaller events in the buildup to these larger events. It's always been about Growing as a player myself and never about proving I'm better than other people. And that's the sentiment I've gotten from everybody else that I've ever um, interacted with that likes the ITC. And a couple of years ago, they uh, introduced faction rankings, which gave you a reason to play factions that might not have you know, uh, had uh, as much of a competitive edge. So if you, if your true love of the game was pushing, you know, hundreds of uh, moonclad grass across the table or bouncing squigs across the table, we all know the Gloomspike Gitz Battle Tome might be uh, sort of lacking a little bit of competitive edge. But you can go to events, bring your Gloom, Spike Gitz army, and I'm not picking on the Gitz. I have a Gitz army, and I know uh, that it has some shortcomings. But you can bring your Gitz army to events. Over the world, invest your time and your money and your energy, um, and, and and go for the best in gloom by gets ranking, and feel good about walking away from the year with some sort of acknowledgement for your hard work. And honestly, that to me is what the ITC is all about. And um, the U.S. it's sort of become. A little bit uh, polarized, I'd say Um, it it really is sort of accepted on the East Coast and also the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest, but the Midwest kind of has this uh, the Midwest of the uh, country sort of has a, um, you know, sort of an um, – they're not really too fond of the ITC. I think they, ha- they think it has some shortcomings, and I can't speak about everybody. But most of the events that happen in the Midwest portion of the United States don't submit their scores to the ITC. That's another thing. Tournament organizers have to actively submit their scores um, to the ITC so they can score them. Uh, I know Rob's rankings, he's pulling – the data from various, you know, Best Coast pairings and TTTO. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, there's the, the Midwest is definitely a little bit more hesitant to full-on accept the ITC or, or submit their scores to the ITC. Uh, I think when the announcement came out, the Adepticon TO just retweeted it and just said no. And I'm like, well, hey, that's your choice. That's your prerogative. But, you know, to me, it's always been a very positive experience. And, and I, I hope that that positive experience makes its way across the pond.
1: So in terms of so just ITC, just picking up on that, um, is it purely just a essentially a ranking submission platform or do you have to fulfill certain criteria before you can be an ITC event?
2: Um, I don't know, and I'm pre- please don't take me as some sort of uh, strict ambassador of the ITC. I just I, I, I like what it's done for tournament organizers and gamers alike, yeah. but I so I might get some of my information wrong. Just a quick uh, caveat there, but there's nothing in particular that you have to do to um, you know be an ITC event except submit your scores. Um, yeah. a, a, and and a lot of people's uh, uh, and and again, there's a code of conduct that you you know you you. Um, you sort of uh uh, buy into when you when you join an itc event um and again it's nothing rigorous don't don't get into a physical altercation with your opponent don't throw your or other people's (laughs) models across the room don't accost people for you know winning a game or um show up with a legal list and you're gonna be fine i've never been to a tournament where somebody got a a yellow card or a red card so it's just an option for tournament organizers to deal with the troublemaker yeah so
1: no, that's good. Um, and obviously you mentioned there the GW announcement, which I think was just forty k. Is that right? Just now, in terms of ITC coming under their under their sort of uh, gaze. No, I think I'm they
0: not...
2: mentioned AOS as well.
1: Did they mention AOS as well? AMAC, that, that, yeah. that, that was my question. It was is AOS next, which I presume?
2: Yeah, it maybe, but... and some and some really amazing prize support. So now with GW officially partnering with the ITC, um, not only are the, the is it just the winner? Maybe a cup. A couple of the top overall rankings people will have some input and feedback to give GW about rules or battle tomes perhaps but um, you know you uh, the winner of each best in faction gets um, free swag as well I had to sign a paper and give my email address for uh, winning the best in faction magican award and I think I get a, a battle tome or two in the coming months cool. which is which is cool, cool. And, and a lot of people don't even know they say well you know the ITC it just uh, is a way for you know win it all cost players to see who's the best out of this you know competitive pile of uh, Uh, you know all this sort of thing but a lot of people don't even know there's a hobby track for the itc so if you go to events and maybe you're not the most competitive minded person you're not min-maxing or optimizing your list you show up with a beautifully painted army your to can submit um, the best painted results from that event, and it's essentially a competitive rankings ladder for for people who are uh, into conversions and painting. My g- very good friend Nick Garcia won the hobby track for the ITC this year. He was given by Games Workshop a 2,000 point army of his choice.
1: Wow,
2: that's incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: goodness me, I didn't know any of this. There you go, That's just interesting stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was reading the article. It. it does look good
1: there is in the in in the uk there's the the guy the pro painted podcast they they run the kind of painting masters which again is the same idea people submit their best painting nominations from their event or or maybe the players do you know somebody submits it and it gets kind of ranked up in the same way as the as the as the gaming rankings Um, and he he runs a little kind of fun tournament at the end of that um or he used to pre COVID. so you know, uh, that's sounds interesting. Is there's a lot I didn't understand about that at all, or, or even had even read. So well, that's really cool. If if, if GW can expand it, and I mean, I know it's American just now, but I'd, I'm not sure the UK scene is quite as uh, not even as bipolar as the American. maybe not bipolar is the right word, but every event polarized is, or yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. it, it, it is it. quite it is quite divisive here in the in the states. Uh, I think mostly among I think because listen, I love. Warhammer 40k. That's how I started playing in the hobby about 20, 22 years ago. It was Warhammer uh, 40,000. I still have a massive orc army painted, um, and and but as I get older, I kind of got into chainmail and magic and less lasers and aliens. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but I think uh, 40k definitely has a much more um, I'd say maybe hardcore intense scene. And I think yeah. maybe a lot of people kind of conflated the ITC and the 40K scene a little bit more. And I'm not dogging the guys that play 40K. And I know not everybody's like that. I just I just think it's gotten that sort of reputation. And I think that's sort of been, uh, you know, sort of uh, in this um, – Uh, same discussion as the itc and that's kind of and again in europe it's not really known or in the uk it's not really known all that much so it's just kind of like okay cool i guess i guess we'll see what comes of it and but i i really think it's been positive at least for my gaming experience and i and i know uh uh, it will be for others i think it it
0: sounds good so so one question for me maybe is as a tournament organizer myself same as same as scott i'm We tend to do the the larger ones in Scotland, which are capped because of the size of our venues. But is there a standardised scoring system or pack or is there a variety across the different events where the scores are maybe done differently or maybe they have different soft scores to get the rankings or is it pretty hard
2: and fast? That is a great question, Stu. So there's no rules on what you must include in your pack or how you must score an event. Um, Usually, um, you know, the TO will decide how an event is scored and what's in the pack. And then depending on the size of the event, the number of players there are, and then also what place you come in that event gives you a predetermined algorithmic yeah. number of itc points and so yeah uh, which is independent of the points that you would get for the tournament so um that and yeah. then again for your overall rankings it's your top five events and for your uh best in faction it's your top four so there's yeah, yeah. there's it's not limiting organizers on how you want to score or run your no, events
0: no. so where you come on the ladder will basically spit out um an itc score based upon uh the number of participants in the event and where you finished
2: yeah. And, you know, if you do well at a, you know, 12 or 20 man uh, person, uh, a three day event or I'm, I'm sorry, three round event one day, you might not get in as much points if you go to these larger events where there's 200 people and say you come in 30th or 40th. You you might get the same number of points, and I think that kind of rubs people the wrong way. I guess it encourages people. And here's a valid criticism that I heard, um, is that it encourages larger and larger events. Here in the states, the space is not necessarily a problem. Maybe in like some of the more urban areas, like New York City, middle of Washington D.C. on the on the um, you know on the East Coast, you're not going to have a venue that can hold that many people and if you are the cost is astronomical and kind of the same thing in the UK and in Europe those sorts of venues and spaces are hard to come by but you know it all depends on what you want to get out of the ITC is what you put into it so if you want to compare yourself on the international rankings you may have to go abroad to some of these larger events to rack up those points but if you're like you know what I want to be the best player overall in the UK or in all of the EU then you can just stay in your own sort of local or if you want to just be in your local community you know you can do that too so whatever you want to take from it is what you can put into it um yeah if you want to be the best international player you probably have to go internationally and and, and play the other top players so um it's a valid criticism to say that it encourages large events which require larger venues which requires more prep and planning organization and money um but yeah, like I said, it, it really is there. Whatever you want from it is what you get, what you put into it.
0: I think it sounds uh, it sounds good. I'll just have to have a word with them about getting an Orkney tiara in there so that the highest placed person based in Orkney or formerly resident in Orkney gets their own little
2: sticker as well. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I got a pretty awesome uh, glass trophy. Uh, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough to, to win the award this year. You know, what's so crazy is that my, me and my, the next person below me, Matt Jones, who's a local here in the Southern California area as well, we were basically uh, at a, a dead even going into LVO. And when you talked about this, we are like, well, you know, basically whoever uh, is better in the overall placings at LVO is in the tournament is going to win it for the whole year for the best in faction, Mackiekin. And would you know? Uh, we both went three and two. I came in 49th place. He came in 50th. Man, we had some close games. Okay. I won the overall uh, Best in Faction for Magikin by 1.6 points out of like 450. Wow. It's like a point zero zero three percent difference. And we were tracking each other. We're like, oh, how's he doing? Is he winning? Is he losing? It just made it it's a little added layer of excitement and fun to an already sort of exciting and fun event
0: that sounds good i'll definitely we'll definitely try and get out there it's been on my list i was hoping to go last year but obviously issues plagues nurgle got involved um i'll i'll certainly uh i'll put it on my thing for next year the year before i wanted to go but i went to cancon instead um so yeah uh it's on my list i'll definitely go there and i'll have to buy you a beer
2: well, I so. was going to say I'll, I'll you buy me a beer and I'll 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 buy your first hand at the blackjack table and uh, uh, we'll have, we'll have, we'll, have, <laughs> we'll have some fun and maybe we could actually play some Warhammer that weekend too.
0: Sounds like a plan. Well, look, I'm conscious that you're at work, so thanks very much for joining us Matt. I look forward to catching you in our hobby hangout again on the Discord and um yeah, uh, keep us keep us updated and we'll get you on to chat again. It's been it's been a pleasure.
2: Oh, this has been a, an absolute Definitely. blast! Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for uh, inviting me on your podcast and uh, uh, let me let me uh, rant and rave about uh, my love for Nurgle and and the LVO and the ITC. And I'll certainly see you in the Discord. And it's finally nice to be able to speak to Scott and Liam. Sorry if I uh, ho- hog the airtime here with my uh, oh, with nice. my, my ramblings. Hey,
1: it's good to hear right, your uh, your opinion of things. I'm going to go read the book now.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah it's great and uh hey i'll I'll start uh start sharing some of my secret sauce lists uh in the discord too uh you know and sure. sort of yeah' we'll, we can uh, I'll, I'll bounce some ideas off each other
0: correct it yeah. well thanks a lot uh
2: thanks a lot Matt and are you on the are you on the Twitter do you do the twitter? Oh, I, I I am on the Twitter. My my tweeting is a few and far between, but um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me. And again, it's a lot of. Uh, I'm an arborist by profession, so I do a lot of uh, uh, tree related uh, content as well because I just I just love trees. Uh, so uh, <laughs> my 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 handle is uh, uh, at c a tree geek, and c a being short for California. So at c a tree geek, uh, I'm much more active on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is uh, at Golden State period tree geek.
0: Okay folks, so check him out and I shall make sure that I've got you on mine as well. So thanks again Matt. And um, Thanks homies. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Cheers Matt.
2: Alright guys, thanks again.
0: So thank you very much to Matt. Um so how are, how are the, the rest of us doing what what were your thoughts there then Scott? Are you what are you thinking about the old uh the ITC? It sounds interesting. I know does, that our problem in the yeah. past with GW supporting events was that they tended to go for 100 participants plus, and because of the size of our venues, nobody in Scotland thus far has been successful in attracting any support.
1: Yeah, I don't know
3: if there
0: was that many even in England that, that got support, and
1: uh, other
3: than Curry and GT, the London yeah, GT, I, I don't think there's. I don't think it ever took oh, off. Well,
1: Bobo, Bobo did and as Bobo. well.
3: I, really oh think they got, I don't think Bobo got from GW, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, got, they got terrain. Oh, terrain.
0: OK, I yeah. think they no, got not compared to tent what, tables uh, or something. Uh,
3: what's his name? In America, they got like the thousands of pounds don't, of terrain.
0: No? no, no, it wasn't the same. No, but it's good that they
1: had... Scene seems a bit more, well, not a little bit, but the kind of ITC level of stuff does seem really well organised. And, and maybe I'm looking at the, just the jumbo convention ones, which we don't the get. The only
3: any, downside yeah. is quite often they use Best cost Payments and i think that's oh, yeah. that?
0: okay game over no go <laughs> I'm out. Uh, What what's the problem with it? it <laughs> isn't that what we used when we were playing in tromso
1: yeah
0: and we i think i used it in cancon as well i i it was didn't fine if find you're it. Playing, if you're
1: playing if you find if you're playing in the event and yeah you, find if you're, you can't and see on the minutes you need to be subscribed on. to be able to see yeah if you want lines. to go and look at stuff after the fact you need to be a member or subscriber or whatever and I don't know how much it costs I haven't looked at it properly but
3: or as but Scott I, would say lists are taking folk, folk take pictures of their lists on their phone of a piece <laughs> of paper that's scrawled and things like that quite often yeah. the so l- list quality has not been the best and uh, that can be the same experts. on the tabletop talk to you as well
1: mhm moan. moan. Um, yeah so I don't know I mean the Bachelor best course pairing is there's appears to be much more support available than is tabletop.to the guy's got a bit dead so we're kind of stuck with what recipes for scoring that we have just now which is fine some of them work very well still but we could do with an update to a few things like crew boys you can't even see crew boys in the faction they don't exist uh, it so it's, Yeah it's just so light
3: because
1: it's it's so like not so like so it's still so like yeah i noticed that so it, it it's, it's a little bit of a little bit of tlc but it's not in a bad state at all it's it's still excellent i think um so i mean yeah don't know if people want to try bisco's bearings go for it or maybe try and try again experience it again you know
0: yeah well hopefully the thing that the honest war game is doing if that had some way that it could be a tournament management kit because i know that you can submit your um the game. game results and it's yeah. a tracker as you're going through. I mean, if if they could get those layers on so that it was a, a TO tool as well, I mean that'd be pretty pretty amazing. I think that's yeah. what the
3: intention is. I just don't know if he's gotten to that point. It? Yeah. Oh,
0: is that your fan again, Scott? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my computer. Yeah. I don't Look know here, if it, again. Is this sound? Is my sound any better? Because I'm on a different headphone now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's No, no, that's good. Uh, that was, that was, uh, it's really nice. Good to get back together. We've not had you on for a while, Scott. Yeah, it's been that long that I can't find
1: my bloody headphones. That's how long it's
0: been. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, last time we were on, I think was, um, between Christmas and new year and it was myself and, and Liam. We'll maybe get together. We'll maybe get me, Liam, I don't know, maybe Grant and Ria together as well, uh, to talk about the store league. Um, you at your world's
3: um, team as well, too.
0: Yeah, announce? we have got or, the world. The world's yeah, AOS World Scotland. We can make an announcement. We can announce that there is an official. <laughs> a, yeah, there is a team. The team selected. We've booked our planes. Um, we're all raring to go. Um, and there is an official beer of the AOS um Scotland International Team. Uh, we are proud. Whilst there are other beers out there, there is only one official Team AOS Scotland beer, and that is BrewDog, a local brewery to yourself. I've, uh, I've kindly be, become our main shirt sponsor for uh, for the 2022 Worlds team. So thank you very much. And, and as I say this, I am drinking a cold, fresh BrewDog. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't
3: we get Coca-Cola
1: to sponsor, now? could we? Is that where we're in well, They're not Scottish. Well, uh, some companies need some good PR more than others these days. so... That's uh, true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we easy. Get easy. <laughs> Payment has not been received, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get tunnocks on it. That's what you need. And I am brew. Get yeah. some bars
3: on there. Good bar. I uh, know. So you would just have so we are... a, a weird strip full, wouldn't it? It'd be like a weird, uh, just like badges and sponsorships
0: everywhere. Oh well, 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 we already well. look like an F1 team. At the Funny you should see moment. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we've got to get to Prague, so you know we'll we'll bend over for anyone.
1: <laughs> so we're, yeah. We're official automatic license plate recognition partner as yeah.
0: well. We have, yeah. We'll be the yeah. only team that has
1: that. I guarantee you.
0: Definitely. And if anybody is looking for some technology um, where you need some um, license plate recognition, look no further. Um, just get in touch and, you know, we can point you in the right direction. Further details to follow. Indeed. <laughs> Fact. So, yeah, uh, we'll maybe announce that in the next few days. We are doing um an interview with the honest war gamer who's doing he's working the way around the different countries um speaking to people uh talking to the teams uh ranking logos and things so we we have a an official logo that hasn't been announced yet that's coming, come in um and then we'll announce the team we'll maybe trickle it out over the next few days if uh if not but yeah so so that's coming and yeah we'll uh we'll maybe do some some Taste tests and reviews if we can get uh i don't know if we can throw a, a selection of beers to a select few of us we could uh we could drink yeah. them with guiding guiding from uh i don't know a brew dog employee not yet to be named <laughs> <laughs> sounds good yeah so no well, I think that's that really um yeah is anybody wanting to say anything exciting no 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 no. i've got nothing to say really either
3: the price hike is outrageous
0: (laughs) oh yeah there's been a price increase hasn't there um
3: on books made of paper when they could go digital that's all we'll say
0: yeah 10 percent on books but maybe it'll push more people to buy the digital digital the digital can you not buy digital anymore no Ah, right, I see. You just get the code to unlock the section in the app. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, maybe in time, production will move back to the UK where there wouldn't be quite so many shipping costs. I don't know. I don't know. I think um, uh, paper is too ship? cheap and too expensive in this country to use. That's because we have sustainable sources. Yeah. I don't know. It would it's speculation to say anything. Um but I don't know. Everything's going up. So I think what did they say? Five percent on models, ten percent on, on what, metal twenty on metal on resin. Yeah. Blood bowl teams were specific
1: as well as being like ten or twenty percent. So anyway, yeah. that's like that's a that's a pack of ten models, that's not a big deal. Yeah no.
0: no, it's uh I don't know. It's yeah so i think we've got about three or four weeks to buy everything you want before there's a little price hike there but on the plus side um gw shares went up quite a bit today so <laughs> on the back of that announcement so you know yeah silver linings <laughs> yeah 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 volume of off just rose in value as well i think because that's
1: good that's it yeah
0: so no anyway well, thank you very much for joining us um it's yeah, it's goodbye from Orkney goodbye goodbye. from Balmady,
1: goodbye from Glasgow
0: (laughs) cracking well-oiled well-oiled as ever, thank you very much everyone for joining us and we'll hopefully be back in a couple of weeks ta-ra how do I stop this?